Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast. This is Jordan Ashburn, a.k.a. That GNCC Guy, and you're listening to the American Hard Enduro Podcast, presented by Magna One Motorsports. Welcome to the American Hard Enduro Podcast, Season 6, Episode 3. I'm Drew Kirby. This year, we're pleased to be brought to you guys by Magna One Motorsports. Uh, the guys over at Magna One Racing killed it last year, winning several GNCC titles. This year, they're actually the trackside support for Michelin off-road tires. So if you're at a GNCC or a National Enduro, stop by, talk to the guys, grab a set of tires, and uh, tell them the American Hard Enduro guys sent you. Uh, today, I'm going to be joined by Rob Moan. He's officially told me he's a trail boss of Tough Like Roar. Uh, we talked to Rob several times over the past. Uh, we got sign-ups for Tough Like Roar coming up Monday, March 27th, which is in about, th- what, four days. Um, so we're going to talk all about it. Rob, how you doing? Excellent, Drew Kirby. How about yourself? Oh, man, I'm excited. I got, I got a little amped up during that, so I'm probably a little loud. I was trying to bring a little energy in. Um <laughs> Thanks for bearing with me. We ended up having a kid's uh, banquet we had to go to, so we're recording a little later. But how are things in Pennsylvania, man? You guys have been putting out all kinds of of short edits of new sections. What's been going on? Oh, well, we've been enjoying this uh, mild winter. I think we've been able to get out almost every single Sunday uh, all winter. And uh, once again, uh, we came down and went riding with you boys one, one weekend, but just about every other Sunday, we've been up at Tough Like Roar working on trail and clearing trail and trying to find some some interesting terrain for you guys to ride. Well, I know some of the stuff is mild. A lot of it is wild. Um, and as we've talked about, every time you send uh, your son and I videos of what you guys are working on, I just ask if it's in the second lap on Sunday, because if it is, I usually don't have to worry about it. So um, I, I've been enjoying all the stuff, and you guys have been putting out quite a bit of good stuff. So First thing I want to talk about, this has been something we've gone back and forth about, is the date. You guys are always July 4th. Everyone complains about it, but you guys have officially <laughs> changed the date, May 27th, 28th, still a holiday weekend, but it's not July 4th. Maybe it's going to be cooler, but what was behind you guys moving uh, about a month up? Well, U.S. Ardendoro, they asked all the clubs that were putting on races on the East Coast to try to condense their season. Uh, they basically wanted the races to happen from roughly the middle of April till the beginning of June. Okay. They were looking to try to eliminate the back and forth crossing of the United States for people coming from far away. So it's, you know, California, Texas, where Tennessee, wherever you're coming from, uh, just to try to make it easier for, you know, the, the guys traveling from one coast to the other. So that was behind the, the date move. It wasn't really what we wanted to do, but I, I think it might end up, you know, being a good thing in the end. Well, and, and so when the schedule first came out, we had a lot of people who were pretty bummed on it. We've only got four uh, hardened arrows on the East Coast. Um, and again, like you said, they're condensed. And even more condensed is your race, Tough Like Roar, is on Saturday, Sunday, and then Memorial Day Monday is the other Pennsylvania hard enduro. I think it's the shotgun locked and loaded. Does that sound right? 
Yes. Okay. So I I was first. I mean, of course, I called you. I think, or maybe you called me and gave me a heads up. And at first, I was bummed because I was like, man, it's hard enough to do tough like Roar, and you know, the drive home on Monday is hard and you're sore. So how can I do two hard enduros in one weekend? But you know, the more you and I talked about it, and we're, we'll talk about some format changes you guys are working with. Um, but, you know, I wasn't going to go back for the second Pennsylvania race. So now I'm going to stay and do both of them. So from that regard, I think it might get some more guys to do both races, which could be good. Well, Matt and Josh from U.S. Hard Enduro, they say that people have been wanting a Romaniac-style multi-day Hard Enduro. I'm certainly not saying our event is going to compare to Romaniacs before everybody starts, uh, you know, having a <laughs> meltdown. But uh, yep. Josh and Matt, uh, they they approached our club and High Mountain uh, since our races are only about 25, 30 minutes apart and asked if we would consider, you know, combining our events into a multi-day race. And honestly, neither of the clubs were really thrilled about <laughs> doing it. But we decided that we would give it a try and see, you know, what the consensus is and see how it goes. Um, you know, maybe if it's something that, hey, this is really good, this really works out, this really helps with uh, le lessening the travel uh, for people coming from far away, maybe we will continue to do this. You know, you might find out that, you know, one or both of the events, their turnout suffers and maybe we won't do it. But U.S. Hard Enduro, again, they asked us to combine the events, so we thought we would give it a try and see how it goes. Well, good on you guys, both you guys and the High Mountain Riders, to work together and, and compromise some, because, you know, I know before they were a multi-day event, and last year the races were two weeks apart, and, and like I said, I couldn't turn around and drive 11 hours or 10 hours back up there two weeks later, two weekends later, so um, I'm excited to get to do both races. Um, it's going to be hard. It <laughs> Go ahead. It seems it seems like the people, you know, that are within a few hours are kind of bummed. And it seems like the people that are from far away are ecstatic. So, yeah. you know, it's that same old saying, you can't please everybody. So yeah. we'll just see what happens. Well, and I mean, you think about it, because like I said, it's 11 hours each way. So it's 22. It's saving me 22 hours in, in the car and gas and, and, you know, taking a couple more days off work. So um, mm -hmm. it, it'll be interesting to see how it works out. So let's go right into format changes. Cause one thing you, you really talked to me about was how you guys were going to work to condense things a little bit, get us done earlier on Sunday so we can get over to the next race uh, Sunday afternoon and get ready, set up for camp and all that. Yes, a little bit. Uh, both clubs are actually, you know, changing up their formats, you know, some, so high mountain uh, race last year was their format was very similar to ours. Uh, everybody raced twice on Sunday then there was a LCQ Sunday morning and then just the main event. So High Mountain is only having one big event. Okay. Uh, I think it's like a five-hour race. You know, every same course, everybody starts, you know, in rows. And it's just one five-hour event. I think it's due like two laps, uh, similar to how their main event was last year. Okay. And our race is still the two-day event. So... Instead of racing twice on Saturday, uh, the top guys, if you make the top 60, you're only going to have to race one time on Saturday. So the first race is half of the field. And then the second race is the second half of the field on the exact same course. Okay. We do that because our courses 
for Saturday are only about four and a half miles long, and you're going to do two laps. And to try to, you know, lessen the amount of people on the course at the same time, you know, we split the field up. So if you are able to make the top 50 out of the first race, uh, you will be done until Sunday morning, until the main event. Yeah, and, that, and that's uh, you, top 50 If out you of don't your... make the top 60... Uh, you will go to an LCQ Saturday afternoon and you will have a second opportunity to make the main event where we will take 10 more riders for a total of 70 riders that make oh. the main event. Okay, so that's a little different. So, and one thing just to, just to clear up, on that Saturday, it's top 60 combined out of those two races, not your individual race, but out of everyone on the Saturday morning races, correct? Correct. We okay. try to split the classes up to try to make it somewhat even for both races. Last year, it was the pro men, it was the A's, and it was the 45-plus. They all started together. They raced. When they were done, then the pro women, B, C, youth, and I guess that was an amateur women, they went. So uh, separating the classes like that kind of kept each race with about the same amount of people. So, yes, from those races, the top 60 will advance to the main event, and everyone else will... Uh, like I said, a second chance to make the main event through an LCQ, which is going to be Saturday afternoon. Okay, so basically you're you're taking away a race everyone has to do Saturday afternoon and pulling the LCQ from Sunday morning into Saturday afternoon. Correct. Okay, so then what's Sunday look like? So Sunday, uh, the main event's going to start a little earlier. It's going to start at 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And uh, we, we had some people last year, you know, say to us, oh, man, I wish you'd give us, you know, Six hours. I wish you'd give us one extra hour. You know, a couple guys, that extra hour, they would have been able to finish the race. And with only having one race now on Sunday, we're going to start a little earlier, and we're going to let you go for six hours. So the race will be over at 3 o'clock. Oh, do we have to? No, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> it's going to take you six hours you, you to get however far you're going to get through. Oh. But uh, you don't have to. Oh, six hours. Rob, why? Well, it's two laps oh, over six hours. Yeah, but, you know, chances are you're going to get about, you know, maybe a lap and a half if you're, you know, if you're if you're on your game. Okay, so last year, for those, let's refresh everyone's memory. Um, I, I, well, let me just talk about myself, and then we'll go from there. So I did one full lap last year. We talked to you before the race. You said you put in this new section at the end called the Hurt Locker. And after talking to you and Joey, it sounded like it was like one pit down in and out. And it was, it was probably what half a mile long. And it felt like it was five miles long. Um, <laughs> so it was a hurt locker, right? I, I'm not. No, it was actually, uh, it was a section called no quarter, no quarter. Okay. Yes. It was not hurt locker. See, I, I've blocked it out, but no quarter. So it was the last hard section and, and our buddy Sam got in there and pretty much died um, mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of guys race ended and I, I didn't think you couldn't see. And every time you come up out of a pit, you would just see like six more pits and it was just demoralizing and it was hot and there was no wind. So, um, now, now before you go too much farther though, yeah. Drew, but isn't that what a hard Enduro is supposed to be? Yes, but uh, whatever. Yes. But <laughs> it was still, it was demoralizing. So you've talked and you and I've talked. So you're going to rearrange uh, lap one, lap two. So tell us about what the main event's looking like, because I just I think it'll be better. Hopefully, in my head, I'm telling myself that. 
Well, every year, you know, like I try to talk to guys and we try to, you know, what do you want? What did you like? What, you know, what, what can we do to make things better? And I talked to you, Drew, and do you remember what you told me? God, I know. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> you said, all I want to do is like 15 laps up around the wrong side of heaven yes. with the traction rocks yes. and all the spectators. Yes. You're, you're like, those spectators give you so much energy. They pump you up so much. It's so cool riding in front of all those people because, you know, typically in a race, you're in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a ravine or a rock pile or whatever, and there's not a ton of people around. So that being said, okay. yep. what we decided to do is uh, you're going to actually do your section up there that you enjoyed, uh, the wrong side of heaven. You're going to do that section twice before you end up going and completing one lap. Okay. So, so I know it sounds very confusing. Okay, I was going to say gonna you have that. some check crews up there okay. making sure people go the right way. But basically what's going to happen is you're going to go through the wrong side of heaven, similar to the way you did last year. Okay. And we're going to have a checkpoint where you would typically drop down. It's a pretty big downhill that drops down onto the next level to go back to the starting area. Okay. So the first time you come through there, we're going to make you go a different way. And you're going to go and head towards a section that we call Panama. And you're going to just do a big loop and come back around. And you're going to do the wrong side of heaven a second time. So you're going to go through wrong side of heaven. And then you're going to ride about a mile and a half of trail. And then you're going to ride through wrong side of heaven again okay. in front of all your spectators that you enjoy so much. And then when you get to that second checkpoint, uh, or when you get to the checkpoint for the second time, we will direct you to go down and back towards scoring. Okay, so two questions. Is Panama that forever section that was two years ago in the first lap that you took out last year in the first yes. lap? Yes, it is. You're going to run it the opposite way. And we've changed it around a little bit to make it a little easier. You're kind of actually skipping uh, probably almost half of it. Uh, okay. So it will be much easier. That, and you're running it the opposite oh, direction. That will make it a little easier as well. That was that was my no quarter of 2021. I, that thing just, every time I'd get to the top of the hill, there'd be more and more and more. Um, okay, so how far into that that main event first lap is Stairway to Heaven? Uh, it's going to end up being, we shortened the first lap a good bit to get there. So all the typical sections that you know and love in the past, mm -hmm. uh, Down in a Hole, Prison yeah. Sex, okay. Welcome to the Jungle, uh, Wicked Garden, okay. you're not doing any of them on the first lap. Okay, so all that stuff. You're skipping that all of them, and the you're mountain. doing. You're only going to do them on the second lap. Okay, so all that stuff's kind of to the right. Well, then, are we going to be spread out enough when we get to Bronx Out of Heaven? It's not just a parking lot. Yeah, I okay. think it'll be okay, okay because you still have a. It's going to end up being about, I want to say maybe eight or nine miles. Okay. You know, to get there, maybe not quite that far. Okay, so then we'll do Bronx Out of Heaven. Go to mm -hmm. Panama backwards back. To, no, yep. wait, I'm sorry. We'll do Stairway to Heaven. Um, yep. Or no, is it called Wrong Side of Heaven? Well, Wrong Side of Heaven, okay. yes. we'll, we'll be in that area that I was talking about, which is where Correct. last year it was at the end of the lap before before no quarter. And it was, like you mentioned, man, I had so much fun. You get in there, everyone's yelling, cheering. You know, It's cool because also not only as a rider to get cheered and, and everyone to watch you, but like for the spectators, they sat there for who knows how long waiting on all of us scrubs to get get there. So 
Maybe to give them a little exactly. more, give them a little more entertainment. Exactly. That was another reason why we decided to give this a try because you know the spectators go up there and they only saw a handful of riders twice, and this year they'll see a lot of riders twice, and they're going to see a few riders three times. So I think. You know, and it won't take you guys as long to get there like it did last year. Yeah, so I think it will be much more, you know, enjoyable for the spectators. They're just going to get more more action. Okay, so then that's first lap. And then are we doing no quarter in the first lap or is it still the second lap? What, what would you like to do, Drew? I don't want to do it in the first lap. Well, too bad. You're going to do it. It, it has a race on it now, so it's always uh, easier the second time yeah, through, Drew. You, you did it when it was the hardest. It's no, just going to get easier. No, no, I hope so. All right, so then we're going to do that. The jeez. Oh, All right. All right, so <laughs> then if I make the – when I finish the first lap, what's in store on the second lap? This is a lot of this crap you've been sending us. Yes, exactly. So I do want people – like like a lot of the videos that we're putting out are, are sections that probably only – Five to ten people are going to get to. They're they're two thirds of the way around the, the second lap, and honestly, there's not going to be a lot of people that get there, and <laughs> they are really difficult. We made them purposely for you know the caliber of rider of Tristan and Cody and Ryder and Pat Smage and Keith Curtis, and there's not going to be a lot of people that gets there. But okay. the point I was trying to make was don't be discouraged if you're someone like you, you know, you, you're going to be able to ride a lot of miles, you know, get a lot of trail in uh, without probably even getting that far. The, the, the race <laughs> very much ramps up as it goes, you know, like the first four, four and a half miles are really the only hard section is going to be like 409. You know, it's going to be technical trail. It's yeah. slow trail. It's not fast. Uh, but the first couple miles, 409 is going to be your worst stuff until you get over to, you know, the wrong side of heaven area. Yep. And then it's going to get a little harder as you go through uh, the wrong side of heaven the second time. And then obviously no quarter. And and once you start the second lap, it's it's going to get much bit more difficult. The first about four miles are going to be about the same. And then after that, uh, it's going to be a big section that's different that no one had to ride the first lap through. Oh boy! All right. Well, oh, I uh, I guess I'm excited. Um, hopefully, I see. You should be excited. Yes. This is what you guys want. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it. One of the problems is, you know, like now, now hard enduro is a discipline. You know, and now there's there's teams, KTM, there's Husqvarna. They're paying people a lot of money, you know, to be good at this sport. And you got people like Cody and Tristan and Ryder. They're out there on their bike practicing four or five days a week. How many days a week do you practice, bro? If I'm lucky, if I get I get two days, and usually that's a short day <laughs> and a medium day a week. <laughs> so see, that's the problem. The problem yeah. is Tristan and Cody and Ryder are just moving so far away from from you, like than what it used to be. You know, because they're practicing and they're training so much more than what you are. So their skills keep improving. And to challenge them, guys, you got to put some crazy stuff in. And unfortunately, you know, it's people like you that, you know, end up suffering for it, you know, because to challenge them, guys, you just got to destroy people like you. Oh, yeah. Well, if I make a lap again, I'll be happy, especially if no quarters at the end of the lap and we do 
Stairway to Heaven twice. So last year in that Stairway to Heaven, Wrong Side of Heaven section, on the second lap, you opened up another crazy um, line and obstacles. Is that still in there? Is that going to be second lap stuff? That'll be, yes, that'll be the... It'll be the third time they actually come okay. through there. Okay, yeah, because that was – I remember Tristan went over the bars pretty good on one of those little rock Yeah, so it just kind of out of yep. nowhere. Okay. All right, so we talked about the format. Uh, next up, the huge purse. I saw it's $35,000 again. Is that right? Yes. All right, who, who who's helping you guys with that? Uh, we have a ton of sponsors, as we always have had in the past. I'm just going to mention our big one, uh, Fegley Oil, Propane, and Many Markets. Uh, local business in Tamaqua help us out with the purse for uh, probably almost since the inception of our race. And they've been the, the title sponsor for the last few years. And they're a big reason why we're able to do you know what we do. If you guys, if you riders need anything, they have. Uh, fuel, they have non-ethanol fuel, you know, anything that a mini market has, water, ice, you know, sports drinks, you know, try to try to uh, patronize them and, uh, you know, spend your money there because he's given us uh, a fair amount of money to give back to the riders and I'm sure it would be appreciated. Yeah, They're he, only about two miles from the start area, you know, right in, right in Tamaqua. I would say he's right in downtown Tamaqua. Mm, yep, you pronounced it perfectly. <laughs> Nailed it—a southerner's way of saying Tamaqua. <laughs> oh man! All right, well, good. Well, so the purse. So then I'm hoping that big purse is going to help with my next question. Any word from anybody overseas? I know one reason you guys were really trying to get that money up there is to drag some of those overseas guys, lure them in. Uh, I know the date last year was kind of a problem, right around Romaniacs or Erzberg, one or the other. Uh, I think it was Artisburg. What, any word? Have you talked to anybody, touched base with any of the guys? Well, the U.S. Hard Enduro guys have been really working on trying to get some of the, you know, Euro guys over. It yep. seems like, you know, the KTM or Husky riders, Manny and Billy, are going to be nearly impossible to to get over here. I don't think their, you know, manufacturers will really let them do a whole lot other than it sounds like the world events. Yep. So they're looking at like your 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 next step down guys, okay. uh, Johnny Walker and and Tio and Mario and Wade, and they're trying. You know, they're they're doing what they can, and we we haven't had any confirmation from anybody, okay. but they're trying really hard to get some people over here. Well, and I, I'm trying to have someone reach out to me. Graham Jarvis is having a signature race uh, here in about three weeks in Texas. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, somewhere over there. And I'm um, I'm trying to get a podcast with him lined up to talk about it. So I'll, I'll push push on him a little bit to see if he'll be he'll be around. Yeah, it'd be awesome. You know, because uh, I mountains purse too. If you got a guy, you know, a top guy that could come in and like win both races, you know, he could possibly walk away with you know fifteen thousand dollars for the weekend. Yeah. So you know, it's. I would find it hard to believe that at least those guys wouldn't at least show some interest and, you know, maybe try to, you know, make something happen. Uh, but I guess we'll see. You know, we're paying back the 30th place, too. So I know we gave you a little money last year, Drew, but that's probably the only time you've ever made any money at a, at a hard Doro, isn't it? Oh, hey, does KTM cash count? 
Hey, you'll you'll appreciate this. So, uh, not to get off topic, uh, there's been some press releases come out about TKO this year. You know, it's not a FIM World Round, but they came out and said they're still doing KTM contingency gas gas, and uh, it, it said they're you know it kind of showed their payout, and then it said the top overall amateur for Saturday gets three hundred dollars, and I was like, oh well, that's cool. You know, I, I was top overall amateur last year for the first time, so. I didn't mm-hmm. even know if I still had a KTM cash account. Um, and so I, I went on there, logged in, and lo and behold, I had $300 in there. And I didn't even know <laughs> that I got $300 from winning it last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I could say, but as my wife would say, will that pay our electric bill? And I'm like, no, it'll buy more parts, though. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, but, you know, I, I used to get a decent amount of KTM cash through National Enduro Series, but... Um, you know, the hard enduro, it doesn't pay very much or at all, except for that race. So, yeah. um, all right. So that covers most everything I wanted to talk about. What I know parking's always a fun thing because they move stuff around up there at the site. Any word on any improvements going to be made? I know y'all been trying to level things out there for, for parking. We try, uh, we actually have a small bulldozer up there now trying to do some things. It's probably not going to be a whole lot different than it has been in years past. We are trying to make the area right across from where our sign-up area is mm-hmm. a little bigger. Uh, one thing that we are going to do this year that I know some people aren't going to like, Uh-oh. but I feel like it was necessary because we definitely had some issues during the races last year, the amount of people that were riding around on motorcycles. Uh-oh. So on Saturday and Sunday, we're not going to allow anybody riding around you know, unless you're actually in the race, you know. So to all you guys that want to check out the track on Friday, if you want to, you're going to be able to ride your dirt bike, you know, on the roads to where uh, some of the sections are if you want to, you know, look at them and check things out. But once Saturday comes, uh, you're either going to have to walk to the section to check things out or, you know, we're going to allow bicycles, obviously, and even electric bicycles. but Last year during the race, I went from the one end of the course up to Stairway to Heaven, mm-hmm. and I was amazed. I'm like, man, if we had to get an ambulance or a side-by-side <laughs> or some somebody up here to, a, to um, get to a rider, I'm like, I don't even know if we could. There was so many bikes, side-by-sides and Subarus and pickup trucks. I don't <laughs> even know how they got you know up to some of the places. So oh. we're not going to allow that this year, so... Oh. Maybe just, you know, try to plan accordingly. All right. I also say, because we normally don't get up there until pretty pretty late in the afternoon on Friday. So Saturday is usually when we go check stuff out. So uh, we'll have to keep that in mind because, yeah, it is a little bit of a hike to get up to the Stairway to Heaven area. Bring your bring your electric bike, Drew. Yeah. Oh, well, I, you know, okay, I'll do what I can. I'll try to make room. So, <laughs> all right, you guys heard that no pit riding Saturday and Sunday, but I understand and um, – Still plan on doing pro row, kind of like you guys did last year, like you said, across from sign up there? Yep, yes, yes. Right. That's where we're going to, you know, allow the top pros to park. And uh, as many can park there as can fill up the spot and go from there. All right. And then, uh, so the big news that I didn't even know about that we've talked about is instead of taking 60 to the main event, you're taking 70. So top 60 straight from the races Saturday morning, and then you'll get 10 more from the LCQ uh, Saturday afternoon. That is correct. All right. And then main event, is it going to be the same? Uh, what is it? 10, be seven rows of 10 
um, down yeah. there in the pit, kind of no time adjusted every 15 seconds. Correct. Yes. Okay. The, the race is on Saturday. Go by Rose, how, how you sign up and enter the event. So the earlier you sign up, the earlier row you will be on for Saturday's race. All right. But the main event, when you qualify for the main event, that obviously just goes by your position from Saturday's races, and those rows are not time adjusted. That's your that's your incentive to you know try to do good. Okay, so then sign up, like I said at the beginning, is this Monday, the twenty seventh, eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, do you know? I know you can go to the Roar website. Any? Do you know the link to sign up, or just go to y'all's website? You can go to Roar.org, uh, or you can go to the U.S. Hard Enduro website. They will also have a link there to get you signed up to, you know, our race, the High Mountains race, or, you know, to do both of them, whatever, uh, you know, you want to do. And right. so also, so I don't know if everybody knows this or not. Oh, what's so both of our races are, you know, towards the premier, yep. you know, series. Okay, so you're going to earn points at our race. Mm-hmm. And then you are going to earn points at High Mountains Race. Okay. And then what the U.S. Hard Enduro guys are going to do is they're going to actually combine the times from both races. If you race both races, and you will earn uh, half points for like a third time, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. of the combined race. So oh. say say you say somebody say you win our race, yeah, uh, whatever that is, is twenty five points, I guess. Say you win High Mountains race, that's 25 points. Well, then when you combine that, you're going to, I think they're going to round it up, you know, to the nearest, you know, number. So it wouldn't be 12.5. You would get 13 points. So you're actually, if you're coming and you're doing both races, you have the opportunity to actually earn points from three races when you're only going to two races. Oh, wow. That makes sense. No, absolutely. Well, and, and so this year I'm not running the pro class. They've got a 40 plus expert class, which I'm excited about, but Unfortunately, I'm going to miss the first race, Battle of the Goats, because of a, a wedding in Florida I can't weasel my way out of. Um, and so there's no drops because we've only got four races. So maybe that'd help make up some points if I, since I'm doing both PA races. Uh-huh. Well, so, it's definitely you know, yep. a way to earn a, some more points than it was an incentive to try to do both races because yep. we understand that it's a tall ask to do you know, our race and then the next day do high mountains races. I think our two races last year, you know, were two of the harder events, you know, on the U.S. Hard Enduro schedule. And then to have them back-to-back makes it even more difficult. Well, but, uh, I, that's just a little incentive to, uh, you know, try to do both races and, and do what you can. Well, I did hear that at uh, the other race, Locked and Loaded, that it was supposedly tougher than Roar was what people were saying. But I wasn't there, so well, I can't, well, I can't I think, talk. I think like their course was tougher uh, because like they didn't add anything in the second lap, so they they oh, had they it all you know their you. course and you did two laps, and I guess they had they had five finishers I think that did two laps, yeah, but they was. only had like a handful of people that actually finished one lap because the lap was so difficult. Yeah, you know looked- where what we do is we make our first lap a little easier, so we get more people that come around. And then we really ramp up the second lap and make it much harder. You know, we only had four guys, you know, finish the two laps. But we had, I think, like 41 or 42 guys that actually finished the first lap. Well, and, so, and I'm, it's all kind of apples and oranges, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. 
Well, and, and the cool thing, I, when I talked to Josh Shecker last week, um, we were doing a little recap about the Hawaii race. And, you know, one thing we talked about was how no, most every, there's not a set format for the Hard Enduro Series. So, you know, you guys can do it that way. They can do this. You know, last year I know it wasn't a hair scramble type race, but this year it is. Um, so that's definitely something that's cool when, you know, everything's different. Um, so one question I had, and I don't know if you'll know the answer. So obviously the the Monday race, the Locked and Loaded, is going to be a hair scramble style race. One, what'd you say, four or five hour race. I wonder how they'll Correct. do... I think it's a five hour race. I wonder how they'll do the starting order. If So um, I think they're going to do the starting order by... They're going to go by classes. Okay. And I think... If you raced our race and did well, you know, you'll be towards the front. Okay. You know, like that seems so like, like the that'd top, be, yeah, that'd the be top a cool 10, way to do I think will be like on the first row. Yep. Say the top 10 pros from our race, their finishing order from our race will be the first 10 guys on the row at high mounds race. Okay. And then so. uh, 11 through 20. And if you didn't race our race, you would just be, you know, in the last row of the pro, but I'm pretty sure that there's, uh, are going to be time adjusted. Okay, cool. Well, that that to me that seems fair. That if you're going up there and, and putting the effort in, that they should at least give you credit for how you finished y'all's race. Um, and you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, maybe you have to play a little bit of str- strategy by you know, okay, make a lap at your race. You're doing pretty well in your class and overall. Maybe don't go push it for that other two hours as hard as you can. <laughs> And, yeah. Uh, well, getting, you know, start, you're not wrong. It's something yeah. you're definitely going to have to, yeah. you know, uh, think thinking about, about because it's a it's a three day race. So hopefully for someone like you, we're gonna we're cutting you a break on on Saturday. You know, because That's somebody true. your caliber rider, you're only going to have to race one time unless you have you know bike issues. Yeah. I don't see that happening. So you know, you're going to be pretty fresh. I think you know when the race starts. Yeah, you're not going to have yeah, what it that ends, beat down that we that we've had in the years past on from Saturday's race. Yeah, yeah but Sunday, the, the beatdowns on Sunday, I know that. Well, so correct. You, you know, your son and I always come to the, this race together, and we were talking about. It. I was like, "Hey, are you in? You coming?" Yeah, he goes, "But I'm just going to race my dad's race because I have to." He's like, "I'll be your pit crew for this Monday race. I don't <laughs> want any part of that." <laughs> Well, I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been riding a whole lot and he definitely hasn't been training a whole lot. And that seems to be, you know, the, the thing with these hard Enduros, boy, when the trail starts to get rough, you have to be, you know, in good physical, you know, condition or you just, you know, suffer. Yep. And, uh, yeah, he's not quite at that level yet. So no. yeah, he told me he was just going to get to stairway to heaven and then just help all his friends and watch. So <laughs> well, that's what he told me he was going to do. So well, we'll see. I, I know once the flags drops and the racer comes out and yeah you know he'll probably go as far as he can but either way i think he'll have fun well that, that's better than his normal strategy which is park his bike in the trail so you have to help him <laughs> to get him to get him out of your way so at, at least he's uh we'll see like you said yeah he uh he didn't learn that from you i thought no, he learned that from you no, drew that's a that's a true your own Jarrett moans uh thing <laughs> but uh all right rob well what else anything else you want to talk about anything uh we hadn't caught up much. Anything about the race? Anything about the season? The riders? What do you got? I saw a lot from Hawaii that looked uh, that looked pretty cool. It looked like their trail was really like that. Must have been a chore to clear out that trail. Like how thick and dense like the woods looked there. And I thought, man, they did an awesome job of clearing out the trail. I, I see some races sometimes they they seem to 
you know, lack a little bit in the face flappers and trimming stuff down. So it was, it was good to see the course, you know, well trimmed. Oh yeah. It, well, and you know, you think about it, it's a tropical climate. So that stuff grows back super fast too. So, um, yeah. I, I know those guys really put in a lot of work. They wanted to put on a good showing. And, um, from what I, from what everybody said, I, I haven't talked to too many guys, but man, they all loved it. And I mean, you know, other than being in Hawaii and being really expensive, the views are great. You're, you know, you're on an Island racing a dirt bike. So what, what's to complain about? Yeah. Were you wishing you were there? Uh, of course, I, I would have loved to have been there. I've been to Hawaii once. The hardest part for me about Hawaii is, you know, for us on the East Coast, it's a six-hour time time gap. So we were there seven days, and about day four, you finally get adjusted to that six-hour difference. And then, you know, you got to turn around and fly home and, and get yourself all out of whack. So I think that would have been the hardest part was trying to get adjusted to the time zone. And, and, man, they said it was slick. I think they call it Hawaiian ice, and that's why those native Hawaiian dudes, I think, do so good at TKO. They're used to that stuff. Well, I heard I heard Tristan say something like, you know, like, these rocks make Tennessee rocks look like, you know, they have traction, you know, which I uh-huh. kind of thought was kind of funny because uh, I've seen you guys flounder around down there, and I've done a little <laughs> riding down there myself, and, man, when it's wet, it's like ice down there. Yeah, well, and, and I haven't talked to Tristan or Ryder. Um, I was trying to catch him before Grinding Stone. It just didn't work out. So it'd be interesting to hear, you know, their thoughts on it. But it looked super slick. And, you know, only three guys completed uh, the two laps. Um, but the biggest mm-hmm. surprise to me was Josh Toth. He, apparently he was like five minutes from making the second lap and completing two laps. So for him to get fourth overall and then go out the next weekend and win the National Enduro in Texas um, – Man, props to him right now. I'm uh, I'm excited to see you know what what else he can do this year. He's going to be in Page, Arizona, which I don't know how that'll suit him because you know some of that stuff looks gnarly. Well, he he had come to our race a couple times and he won yep. our race once. Yep. Uh, it's changed a lot since then. It uh, obviously <laughs> has gotten a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. But he's he's from New England. He likes rocks. The gnarlier, the better. And you know, like. He won in Texas. A little bit that I saw the Texas Enduro, it was very, it seemed very deserty. You know, it was dry and dusty and and wide and open, wide open. And a lot of that's, you know, a lot of that stuff is similar to what I saw out there in in Arizona last year. Obviously, not the the difficult sections, but I bet he'll be ripping between all the hard stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting because I know they're doing some some different stuff, making it a lot safer, friendlier for the amateur day on Saturday and then Sunday throwing, uh, what was it Josh said? They're doing like a four-mile uh, main event loop that, like, you've got two hours on. So it's, it sounds like, you know, TKO hot lap for four hours. But okay. really gnarly stuff. And, a, you know, instead of a mile-and-a-half loop, it's going to be a four-mile loop. But trying to condense it down so, you know, the, the amateur guys on Saturday aren't scared to death and trying to get some more people there and then – throw it at them on Sunday, similar to like I said, what you, you guys are doing, but more condensed. Do you like those shorter lap races or would you rather have like a long lap race? I've talked to, you know, a bunch of pros in the past and the majority of the ones that I talked to, they would rather have, you know, like one long loop or, you know, two longer loops as opposed to, you know, doing multiple laps. I think so. You know, the only nice thing about a shorter lap is, and, uh, and again, I'm not at anywhere near their level, and the SEER races are doing like a six, seven-mile lap in four hours. And you actually, it gives you a chance to come around, 
see the people that are there to support you instead of being out, you know, like Battle of the Goats, Leah waited on me, or Leah and Liv were waiting on Jarrett and I, and, you know, they waited like four hours and we never showed up, um, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just one super long loop with not much spectating. So, like, it goes both ways, um, you know, but some of those real long loops, like two years ago in Panama, I was by myself in there for a long time. You know, no one in front of me, no one behind me, no spectators around. Yeah. Um, you know, you just get kind of lonely out there. And, you know, last year in, in Wrong Side of Heaven, there's people everywhere cheering. Um, so I like it to be a little more condensed and, you know, you can see some people. And as long as it's not Bottleneck City, which, you know, we ran into that at one of the Sear races. It was a parking lot for, you know, we had probably 80 people in there. Well, that's one of the that the bottleneck word is something that we we very much try to stay away from. I know it's almost a necessary evil in the hard enduro races, but we do our best to you know try to put the hard stuff you know farther into the lap. Uh, when it does get hard in the beginning, you know we try to have there be a couple lines, you know, two or three lines, so it gives you some options. Because yeah, I, I hate watching those videos. And you get one mile into the race, and uh, there everybody sits, you know, waiting on a, you know, a, a trail that only has like one way through, and everybody just sits there. And I will say that I guess it's just because most guys are are used to it, and they they understand that it's a necessary evil. But most guys are usually pretty good about it, and and just wait their turn and and get through it. But you know, like from somebody that's putting the race on, I just hate to see that. You know, that's. You just think there's got to be a better way. And no, we no. do our best not to, you know, have all the bottlenecks. But unfortunately, you know, you, you are still going to have some here and there. Yeah. Well, and it, it, I, I agree completely. And, you know, it seems like Erzberg's the, wor- the worst and it just is what it is. But that was one thing Josh said. He went over to the Hawaii race um, about three weeks ahead of time or maybe a little more than that and, and really looked at some stuff and was like, guys, you're going to have to make a few more lines just because it'll be a parking lot. And he said when they went back, they were surprised at how much work they'd done to clear out more lines, give the guys some options. So when they come around, you know, they can get around people and get through sections. And, um, you know, and you guys have done a good job with it. And that's one thing we've talked a lot about. And, you know, last year, I think it was the Saturday afternoon race, we were at Stairway to Heaven. And, you know, we never slowed down going up that. But for the afternoon, the second afternoon race, it was an absolute, carnage fest you know what i mean and i mean it's just yep uh it's uh, you know you get in there and one guy gets stuck and another guy gets stuck and next thing you know you got a parking lot and they're going you know and there was two to three lines in there too um mm-hmm. you know some worse than others but it was it was wild in there um but no so but i'm looking forward to it so again sign up monday march 27th um again actually yeah march 27th the sooner you get signed up the closer you'll be to the front. And that was one thing last year in the last few years when I have run pro class, that's the only time I get to start in front of Colton and Cody and Ryder uh-huh. and Tristan is because I actually remember to sign up. So it didn't last very long, but it's always cool to see him go blow by you. Yeah. So like you just said, the sooner you sign up, the earlier you'll be in your class. And yes, Monday at eight o'clock, it should open. It's $100. Good. If you enter after May 1st, I think it's going to go up to just $125. So there's a small incentive there to, to sign up early. Okay. And uh, we're capping it off at 350 riders. Last year we had, I think, like 302, something like that. Okay. So uh, we are putting a, a cap on it at 350. And 
hope uh, hope we fill it up. Absolutely. And that include your transponder again this year? I think it did last year. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, transponder is in, included in that price, and we're paying to the top thirty riders. Uh, we're paying ten grand to win. We decided to last year we paid fifteen grand to win, and we decided as a club to take a little bit from first and then divvy that up to like second, third, fourth, and fifth. Okay. So it's ten grand to win this year, okay. and then I think it's six six grand for for second, and then on back, and we're paying back the thirtieth place. So. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Everyone go sign up on Monday. And Rob, thanks for your time. We'll see you here in about, I guess, two months. And you got it, Drew. Start training. (laughs) All right, Rob. Talk to you later. Thanks for your time. Bye.